Be a part. Text Life Group to 901 459 6149. Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good. Turn the work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good to those who love God. He God's word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. It's day 21 of our 90 day challenge. And the topic for today is stay up. Nehemiah, the sixth chapter, the first through the 15th verse. When word came to Samballot, Tobiah, Jeshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Though up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates, Samballot and Jeshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Samballot sent his aide to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which it was written. It is reported, among the nations in Jeshem says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you by night. They are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Samballot had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and Samballot, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. I want to emphasize a verse that I already read. Go with me again to Nehemiah, the sixth chapter. And I want to again reiterate the fourth verse. Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. The topic again for your consideration, stay up. About 10 years ago, the Lord gave me an idea for a book titled The Mission, Why You Matter. 
As one who grew up in church, I had always heard the words purpose, passion, calling, assignment and destiny thrown around interchangeably. But I didn't know what each word meant individually. The goal of the mission was to help people recognize why they mattered and what their mission was on earth in light of the scriptures. I wanted to use the life of Christ and other biblical characters to define and differentiate these popular words. One of those characters is that of Nehemiah. Why? Because the more I listen to people, the more I realize how unclear most of us are about our reason for existing. But we are not just here for a season. We are here for a reason. And God did not just put us in the earth to do something. He created us to mean something. What does your life mean? How can you truly impact others if you are not clear about your why? Pastor Darius Daniel says it like this. One of the greatest gifts God gives us after the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, is the gift of clarity. Here are the five sentences God gave me to define and to differentiate purpose, passion, assignment, calling, and destiny. Purpose. Purpose is the verb and the vehicle of your life. Passion. Passion is the fuel inside that vehicle. Assignment. An assignment is a temporary rest stop along the way. Calling. Calling is the echo, 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 haunting you since childhood. And destiny. Destiny is the punctuation mark at the end of your life sentence. For the purpose of this thought, let's talk a little bit about purpose, passion and assignment. Many people define purpose in many ways. I define it as the verb or the vehicle that should show up in every sentence of your life, because I wholeheartedly believe God gives all of us a verb. Some of us have two, but that verb is gives life to dead things. It awakens you out of the coma of normalcy. For some, their verb is encourage. And no matter what they do for a living, that verb screams loudly in the world. For others, their verb is evangelize. And even if they don't have a position in the church, they always find themselves sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else. For another, your verb may be counsel. For another, your verb is protect. For me, God clearly told me in college that his purpose for me is to invoke. He actually gave it to me in a complete sentence to invoke the people of God into a true worship experience. My verb is invoke. Another verb I have been given is bridge because all throughout my life, I constantly see God using me to bridge the old with the young the sacred with the secular, the Pentecostal with the Presbyterian. I am a bridge. I'm also a middle child. So I think all middle children have a little tinge of that word by accident on purpose. <laughs> but the word invoke is very unique. I didn't even know what that word meant when the Lord first gave it to me. But now I'm clear. I am called to ignite your passion jumpstart your understanding and cause others to want to know in an intimate way the God I love and serve. So if I'm preaching in the pulpit or teaching as a professor, God has purposed me to teach my classes in such a way 
that students walk away ignited. They might leave my class saying something like, there's something different about this professor. He woke up something in me I thought had died. When I am walking in purpose, I invoke you to finish what you've started so that ultimately you will come to understand the majesty of our God and your role in the earth. I believe Nehemiah's verb was rebuild. He was purposed by God to rebuild the wall. And in so doing, he was able to protect what Solomon built, empower the people who complied, deploy and delegate leaders and change the world for God's glory. That, my friends, is purpose. Our passion, however, is the fuel that gives purpose life. So if purpose is the puppet, then passion is the puppeteer. It is the thing that keeps you up at night. It is the thing you can do even if you didn't get paid to do it. If purpose is the vehicle, then passion is the fuel. And the same way man shall not live by bread alone, people should not live by passion alone. Why? Because if passion is your only guide, the same fuel that keeps a car moving can also burn down a house if it is not safely contained. Nehemiah had a deep passion for people. His passion for people fueled his purpose to rebuild. We know this because when he discovered his people in Jerusalem were suffering, passion motivated him to ask a worldly king for an otherworldly favor. The king granted his request because Nehemiah was consistent on his secular job. He was punctual, professional and poised. We can infer this from the text because the one day his countenance revealed sadness, the king noticed. Not only must we live a life that pleases God, we must also live a life that resembles him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The strength of the Lord is in our smile. When people experience our joy, they get a glimpse of our Jesus. No joy, no strength. No strength, no witness. Nehemiah's purpose was to rebuild. Nehemiah's passion was people. Nehemiah's assignment was to serve the king as a cupbearer. A cupbearer was a respected administrative position that required a level of excellence and trust. The cupbearer tasted everything the king was given to ensure the king wasn't poisoned. Nehemiah was paid very well and his position was one of great influence. But an assignment is a temporary pit stop that catapults you into calling. It is not meant to be a permanent habitation. It is temporary. Sidebar. Don't marry an assignment. It will not last. At the same time, don't downplay your assignment. Your assignment functions as a kind of tour guide that helps you to reach destiny. Hence, destination. The difference between an assignment versus purpose or passion is this. An assignment has a deadline. Nehemiah could not serve the king forever, no matter how much he loved his job and purpose required him to go back to Jerusalem. Don't forget that the ultimate reason Nehemiah existed was to help rebuild the city of God. If Nehemiah had become caught up in the income or the influence while serving a pagan king, the king of Persia, he would have missed the whole reason he had the job in the first place. Restoration was the goal. Rebuilding was the method. Nehemiah was the messenger. Be clear about your assignment. If not, an earthly king will try to keep you longer than you're supposed to stay.
also be mindful of their disposition and physical countenance. I believe Nehemiah worshiped the king of kings by being consistent and blameless before his secular king. His boss was so impacted by Nehemiah's consistency that he funded Nehemiah's prayer requests without delay. In the same way, we should be so connected to God that even people who don't believe in him will be inspired to fund the verb and the vehicle to which God has called you. Today, Nehemiah, as God places you before kings and queens, steward your seat wisely. God is orchestrating this next move for the sole purpose of him getting the glory. Don't get in the way. That's part one of my encouragement to you today. Part two can be encapsulated in two words. Stay up. In the very beginning of Nehemiah 6, we are given insight into the kind of opposition Nehemiah experienced. In short, Sanballat, Tobiah, Jeshem, and the rest of Nehemiah's enemies sent a distracting meeting request with an intent to scheme against Nehemiah. But Nehemiah declined the invitation and stayed on the wall. Here's a practical point. Every meeting is not yours to attend. So reclaim your time. Some people love the idea of meeting. They meet to meet, but they hate the idea of productivity. Reclaim your time. If the meeting doesn't make sense, do not show up. Instead, stay up. Nehemiah asked a question that we all just need to steal. He asked, why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? His opposers didn't just try to distract him one time. They tried four times, but he gave them the same answer. Don't let their pressure cause you to change your mind. The moment you come down, the moment you respond to the email, the moment you scroll aimlessly, the moment you stop to answer that quick phone call is the moment you will get distracted. Don't let it happen. In the words of Cal Newport, author of Deep Work, great creative minds think like artists, but work like accountants. Give yourself the space to create, but do it with an awareness of the time you will allocate for just that task and nothing else. Give the deep work God has entrusted you with three to four hours a day, five days a week. Give it uninterrupted and carefully directed concentration. If you do, it will produce a lot of valuable output. This leads me to my last story for the day. I'll never forget flying a couple years back and experiencing so much turbulence that I went directly into unknown tongues. <laughs> if anyone has ever flown with me, they know in 0.5 milliseconds, I will switch from English and Ebonics to unknown tongues the moment the plane begins to dip. I figure if I die, let me die. In the army of the Lord, I might as well speak the language of God so that it could transport me right to glory. So for five minutes, we bounced up and down, up and down like a yo-yo. And then out of nowhere, the turbulence ceased. I opened my window shade and noticed that the pilot had gone up. As soon as he ascended, the rain stopped. You know why? Because it never rains above the clouds. Now, I am no meteorologist and I'm certainly no pilot, but I think that there's a word for you here. In the same way that that plane went up, Nehemiah, you stay up. Stay above the turbulence of the drama. Stay above the thunderstorm of controversy. Stay up. Do not come down to gossip. Do not come down to respond to a quick text. Stay up. 
Do not come down to put out a little fire. It's time to reclaim your time and your focus. So stay up. Let your purpose project today be staying up. Repeat after me. If I stay up, I'll stay focused. If I stay up, I'll stay close. My ear will be keen to God and I will trust my team to execute effectively. That's all you got to do. Say that over and over again today. That's your purpose project. Stay up. Sleeping long, slow motion.